Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate the likes. If you haven't subscribed, please do. That's a big deal. Today we're here with Greg Corbett with Knight Insurance, new partner, talking about his sales process, some really unique things that they do at Knight Insurance. It's pretty cool hearing him talk about not just being a protege at one point, but now being a mentor. It's a good, good listen. Glad you're tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate you. Thanks. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. So, busy day today. Busy day today. Busy day today. So, is most of your job, like, do you feel like it's a, like, it's definitely, you're in sales, so it's a contact sport, but I mean, is most of your job being in front of the client or is most of it trying to get in front of the client or is it behind the scenes stuff that goes into before or after during the process of the sales cycle? it, it, It evolves over time as someone's career, obviously early on you're spending most of your time trying to get in front of a client any way you can. Yeah. Um, but as your book starts to grow, most of my time is spent in front of a client or a prospect. Yeah. And a lot of the behind the scenes things, you know, we have account managers and account executives that handle day-to-day things. Hey, I just bought five trucks or Hey, I'm buying this building and you know, things like that. Um, and then I handle more of, you know, hey, I'm thinking about purchasing this business. How do I need to do this? And hey, I'm trying to start, change my safety culture. How can you help me? Just bigger things like that that we deal with. Um, so you're getting into safety culture, like and stuff like that. Like that's that's yeah. not a normal sales process thing, is it? Or is it? This is something that you guys built yourselves? It is. Or? It's, it's something we've built over the years. It's called our night vision process. So, so night our, insurance. That's right. Night, night vision is we see things other people don't. Okay. So, you know, 20 years ago, you could go look at someone's insurance policy, commercial insurance policy, and you could find some mistakes. Well, there's a lot of good insurance agencies and so you're not likely to find a lot of big mistakes. Yeah. It's probably a well-written program. Mm-hmm. So what we've learned is that we need to talk about things other than insurance. You know, how can we improve your bottom line? What's your total cost of your risk? So that delves into safety culture, safety trainings, trying to improve people's loss ratios. You know, if you have $100,000 in claims, you know, obviously they're going to pay out $100,000, but you have a deductible with that. Yeah. And then you have these indirect costs of loss that that just are found in your financial statement. You know, you you've got to hire a new driver. You've got to go take the time to go buy a new truck. All these different things that add up that don't get captured in an insurance policy really can hurt someone's bottom line. So we show them ways on how to improve that concrete steps and on how to improve that. So that's what we spend a lot of our time doing and that's what people want. So no one really likes insurance. Something that they have to have. Correct. Necessary evil. That's right. right. So anything we can do, to assist them in other ways is very important. You know? yeah. And it's, you know, we talked earlier about our, our agency closing ratio was 78% last year, you know, an industry average is about 30, 35%. Wow. So we know it's working. Yeah. Um, and, and now the goal is just to try to get that message out and get in front of more people. That's phenomenal. So sitting here with Greg Corbett, 
with Knight Insurance, recently christened as a new partner, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So tell us a little bit about your background of, of who you are and how you got here, because it's, it's a pretty interesting story. I was born and raised in Defiance, Ohio, a little town west of here. Yep. Um, metropolis. Of- metropolis booming, <laughs> Metropolis of Defiance, Ohio. Yeah. Um, trucking has been in my life since I can remember. My dad was a owner-operator, owned a truck when I was little. I remember helping him grease the trucks probably when I was in diapers. That's yeah. how far back it goes. Mm-hmm. So um, played with sports growing up. I was always the biggest kid. You can probably tell. Um, He's slightly bigger <laughs> than me. So um, played a lot of sports, took a full athletic scholarship to the University of Akron to be a thrower on the track team. So I was a shot putter and a hammer thrower and mm-hmm. did all those things and um, got a degree in organizational leadership and graduated and said, I have no idea what I want to do and stumbled <laughs> my way into insurance like most people do. Yeah. So, and um, actually met my wife out there. We decided to move closer to home. Mm-hmm. She's from Lima. I'm from Defiance and neither of us wanted to live in those two towns. Yeah. So we settled on Waterville and um, actually got my first job was in insurance was in Defiance. So with a bank owned agency and I, I worked there for eight years, uh, learned a lot, but ultimately the culturally wasn't a good fit. You know, agencies that sell out to a bank tend to just kind of relax and there's yeah, no for sure. no growth, no plan. And mm-hmm. I wanted something more. So I, I met with Ken and Sam at Night Insurance Group and they had a plan and said, Hey, you do A, B, and C, you can be an owner in this agency. And that was all I needed to hear and just went out and did it. Yeah. And how long ago was that? Six years. So a lot's changed in six oh, yeah. years though. Yeah. Like you started with them and that was in a, just a pure sales role at the time, at the beginning. Yeah, yep. Just come in and grow your book of business. So, yeah. um, really, so back to the trucking thing, since yeah. that's what I grew up in. Right. Um, I've always been drawn to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we have, we have markets for trucking companies and I started to learn all I could about that industry and, and really probably I'd say 60% of my book now is trucking companies. Wow. And I love it. So I, I, I understand their concerns and the things that they deal with. I, we speak the same language, mm-hmm. um, get along really well. And, and that's, that's the thing I like to do the most is work with those trucking companies. So, well, we, it's, I have the same situation. I have a couple kind of niche markets that I deal with every day. So everything looks very similar. You know, they all have kind of have, they're all unique, but they all have a lot of the same problems, the same issues, the same worries, mm-hmm. same things that keep them up at night, right? Yep. So when you're fishing in that pond all the time, and they also speak to each other, you know, like they're not all enemies necessarily. Correct. <laughs> Which is funny, but because people think they're pitted against, but there's a lot of room for a lot of businesses where they, where people are friends, yeah. you know, oh, for sure. and they talk about all that stuff. I know different than my industry. You know, I'm friends with people from all different kind of agencies sure. that deal with the same thing and yeah. there's enough room not to step on each other's toes too often. So, so when you started getting into the trucking company stuff, like, was it just your familiarity? So you started with people you knew or were you just saying, Hey, I like this area. I'm familiar with it. So I'm, this is who I'm going to, not, I don't know, cold call, but like what was the process for starting to make that that group, it, that target group kind of become the group you're actually doing the work with? It started with people I knew and it started with people that I knew that knew my father. Okay. Because um, he's been in this industry for 40 years now. And mm-hmm. so that really helped out a lot. 
Yeah. Um, so got some good referrals and, and warm leads that way. So, and then it just kind of grew from there. You know, you find different ways you start working with transportation consultants yeah. because they get questions that we can help people with. So right. uh, that's helped out a lot. Um, certain banks in town like to work with trucking companies and heavy commercial auto fleets more. So you get to know those guys and, you did know, you grow up like drive? You ever drive semis? I did, and it is awesome. So really, I when I because I've driven semis, I thought exactly the opposite. Oh, no, oh no, it's a blast. I um, so I started <laughs> washing funny. trucks at the company my dad works at. Yeah, um, when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. and um, we're washing trucks all day long. I yeah. mean, uh, hardcore washing trucks, like cleaning out the lug nuts with toothbrushes to make them shine. Oh yeah, type washing trucks. Yeah, okay. So, a lot of hard work. Anyway, and I am sitting there one day, and normally the mechanic would come in, and when we're done, and he would take the truck out and bring in another one. Yeah. And they were really busy. So um, this one day, uh, the owner's son, who was a couple years older than me, just walks in, and he hops in one and went out and parked it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That was awesome. I want to do that. Yeah. So I spent a few months bugging This is my without dad. a trailer on the back, right? No, no. They, well, there's a trailer on the back. Oh, there is a trailer yeah, on the back. We pull in the truck and the trailer. Okay, because so, that's different too. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> that's sure. That's a big deal. So, and long story short, after a few months of begging, they decided to let me do that. And then I was 16 by now, so I went and I got my CDL permit like anybody else would. And, and uh, At 16, you can get yeah, a CDL? I had one, yeah. And, uh, no, 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 no. You oh. can't get one. Okay. Actually, let me take that back. We were doing it illegally when i was well 16. you're doing it on the premises on the we never it's went no on big, the road that's not really we never went on the road that's not illegal but we still got to shift gears yeah a few gears of course and and yeah. they're massive things to drive i yeah i've driven semi so i worked i was 17 16 17 18 and worked at a trucking company and did the broke down semi wheels tires yeah helped with oil changes and drove a truck around and i drove not on purpose but we got down downtown Toledo, like where we're at, not far from here is where Walt's Auto Glass was. Yeah. And we had a truck needed to get its windshield replaced. And then the other guy that was with me, I was driving the Ford F-150 or whatever it was. And that guy got a call saying he had to go do something else. He's like, you got to drive the truck back. So I'm 16 years old, 17 years old. I drove a semi. Through from downtown Toledo to over by Tony Paco's. I mean, I looked like I was Toledo. eleven. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, it was terrifying. <laughs> but it wasn't. Didn't have a trailer on the back. Gotcha. So it wasn't as big a deal. But like, I'm just thinking of that. So you thought you think that's fun? I think that was it was terrible. Yeah, and terrifying. No, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so. stressful. Yeah. Well, well, again, I mean. I, I would say dry, your first time downtown Toledo getting from here to Tony Paco's would be very stressful. Yeah. When yeah. you probably can barely see over the steering wheel. At right. Kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so, you, so you really grew up in it. So you oh, grew sure. up in it. So you speak the language. Yep. You know the people. They know your dad. It's a it's yeah. a slightly easier path, but because it, but it's not simple because you're going to a whole different direction. It's not like you're selling them lug nuts. Correct. You're selling them insurance, which... How are you qualified to do that, right? Like, right. hey, I've been doing, I can drive my dad's semi. That doesn't mean you can, Correct. you know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. Insurance. And a lot of it is changing their mindset. You know, your average trucking companies used to go into the market 90 days before the renewal and mm-hmm. just give me the bare bottom cheapest price. That's all I want. And yeah. They're not really paying attention to the loss ratio. They're not paying attention to uh, something that's called a CAB score, Central Analysis Bureau 
score that that is really the, the credit score for a trucking company oh it tells you so every time you see a truck pulled over on the side of the road they're getting an inspection from a mm-hmm. dot officer okay and they'll write them up for a tail light out if the brakes aren't adjusted correctly if the driver had a seat belt on all these different things and that goes on your report and if you get a bad enough score it really impacts the type of insurance you can buy and certainly the price that you get with it so really changing people's mindset about what they need to worry about isn't calling somebody 90 days ahead of time and, and getting the cheapest quote. It's a full annual everyday risk management program to help you improve all these things, which will you know improve your bottom line tremendously, especially if you're a client that has issues. Yeah. So, and that's kind of who I go after and try to work with. That's guys significant. That need help. Yeah. yeah. That are receptive to that. Yeah. So, awesome. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We so, talk about enthusiasm for our process. So, so you've been doing that. You've been fishing in the same pond for how long? Six years now. Okay. There, yeah. Yeah, for That's sure. That's great. Yeah. And you developed, like, you. does Knight have a program for this, like this, for all of the different areas? We do. Yeah. So we're a generalist agency, okay. of course, and we can do anything. We've got um, 10 uh, producers on on the team, mm-hmm. and each one of them have one or two niches that they've developed. Where okay. They, we're really working hard to be an expert in that field. And so our night vision process can be applied to any type of risk everybody has things that they can do to better their risk profile yeah um not just commercial auto um risk so um it works really well so who helps so i you're kind of now in charge of the sales team is that kind of what uh, what i picked up before so are you developing like you've got younger people a little less experienced than you that are you're kind of bringing them along on the same path you went on or like a whole different, Hey, let me show you a easier way to do what I learned to do the hard way. Is that? Yes. It, is it's that very, very different. I mean, when I started, it was, Hey, your office is down there at the end of the hall. There should be a phone in there. <laughs> let us know if you have any questions. Phone book. Yeah. For, for you to call the people. It. Yeah. And it was terrifying. Yeah, sure. Um, but yes, we have, as I mentioned earlier, I think when we were talking before, um, we started a business development unit at the office, um, and that Allison Hammonds is in charge of that. So yeah. she's really good at um, teaching the guys the you know how to do a proper application, how to do a complete submission, um, how to talk to an underwriter. All these all these blocking and tackling things that you have to learn right away. Sure. And so we kind of put them through those paces. Yep. And then as they become to get validated with their book of business, they um, come around to to our team. You know. And then that's where I'm, I'm in charge of those guys. So, so what are you in charge of? If she's doing the blocking tackling, are you doing all the magic tricks? All like the magic doing tricks. All the, yeah. Uh, okay. You're making you know, the magic happen. Well, it's more, you know, how do we, how do we get someone from a $300,000 book to a $500,000 book? Okay. Um, you know, what do we need to do? How many people do we need to call? What type of niche are we working on? Um, gee, we've set up this meeting. Do we have all the decision makers in here? Or why mm-hmm. don't we have the CFO in here? Or why do we only have the CFO? Why don't we have the president of the company too? Um, things like that, that, yeah. that a younger producer will usually miss because mm-hmm. they're so excited. You know, they got the appointment. Like, remember what it was like when sure. you started and how excited you were. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you miss some of those, I'm not going to buy from you signals. And so we really help them try to get those objections out of the way and hear them and understand them. And how do I overcome this? You know? Yeah. So they're excited about having the appointment. 
they're not necessarily as worried about it being as qualified of appointment as it possibly Correct. could be. So my job is to help get it across the finish line. Yeah. You know, we can get appointments and we talk about this. We can have the biggest pipeline in the world and get all the appointments in the world. But if things aren't closing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we've got to get things across the finish line. So, right. So by, by bringing, I have to believe that it, if one guy's just selling based off of price and another, meaning you guys are basing not just price, but price value and all these other, these extra, yeah. this extra program, it would seem like if you're talking to the right person, then their ears are probably going to perk up Correct. because you're speaking a language that is probably something they deal with, but maybe not familiar to hear from the insurance Yes. Oh, yeah. When we start talking about, right. hey, you had this financial leakage mm-hmm. because you have all these claims, they know it. Yeah. They might not be able to pinpoint exactly, but they can they can look at their financial statement and understand how much money these claims are costing them. Yeah. You know, and we can show them. We do. We show them the data. You know, we run this analysis and show them the data. Hey, you had four hundred thousand dollars in claims last year. Here's how much that actually cost you, mm-hmm. and here's how much we're going to return to your bottom line if we can reduce these claims even by half. And here's how we're going to go about systematically reducing those claims by half. You know, that's really interesting. It is. And a lot of it has I mean, to do I never with never thought a, about that. Stuff. A lot of it has to do with a mindset. <laughs> it's a shift in mindset. You know, they've got it. They've got to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then that has to be passed down to, you know, the employees or the drivers in this case that they have to want to do it. Um, so, Right, which I'm sure that's not always well received. No, no, not always, because it's more work. You know, yeah. a, a good safety culture doesn't happen by accident. Safety's no accident. It's not correct. That's yes. we we yeah. That's actually a pretty common yeah. thing around our office. We talk about that stuff. Yep. So especially in these weird COVID times, you yeah. know, it, it doesn't. It's not something that's exciting, and the idea of changing anything is never easy. Correct. Like anytime you're used to doing something a certain way and then you have to have to change it. Um, but if you start measuring those things, which it sounds like you're just paying attention to measurements that were already happening. I mean, I had no idea that there's that score that keeps the, yeah. a, a tally on everything for everyone in that situation. So they know much like your credit score, what, what kind of risk they're running into, which only makes sense. It's a lot like your credit score or what, what the, doctor puts on your chart kind yeah, of thing. Yep. So and, oh, and, and as we continue to evolve this and have more success, we're already seeing where we could, you know, we can go to the marketplace and tell a carrier, Hey, here's what we're going to do for this client. Mm-hmm. And here's how we're going to help them improve. And this is why we think you should take on this risk now, even though it's currently lousy. Yeah. Okay. And we've got the data to prove that we've been able to do this for other people. And we're getting some of those deals done probably a year or two sooner than we should because they know what we're bringing to the table and they know how we're helping. So it's very exciting. Yeah. So if you can get one or two success stories, then you can kind of say, Hey, yep. look what we're doing. Ring the bell and you know, drag those, those folks in there at a better rate. Exactly. And as long as they change their program, yeah, everybody's winning. Yeah. Like in the insurance company's winning too. And when it gets down to it, the, after we're done, the rate, their insurance premium is the least of their worries. Yeah. Because they know how much is flooding out the back door because they have a bad safety culture and they have a lot of claims. So the price of your entire risk program, mm-hmm. the insurance premium is that much. Yeah. So we spend most of our time talking about this. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to improve this, but we're really going to improve this. 
and that that really matters to people. That's interesting. Yeah. So if we we pivot back from the from who you're selling to who's doing the selling, if we go to your like your your young people that you're bringing newer in the business, and we know the first. I mean, depending upon the business or who you're talking to, uh, three to five years is really hard. It's very in, hard. In, in your line of work, in my line of work, somebody has to care about you to, for you to be successful. Like you're, the days of you coming in and them pointing you down to the end of the office and then saying there's the phone book and there's the phone, get, get after it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that exists. If it does, it's not very successful. Yeah. Right. No, so what, what are you guys doing different in that? In that arena, well, the first thing is we have we have empathy, and we understand what that's like. I went through it, yeah, and I had good a boss and a good mentor at my former agency that that really helped me along that path. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the number one step, yeah, is just understanding what they're going through, right? And um, and the other step is really ahead of time finding finding the right people that have that that what I call it that grit factor. Mm-hmm that thing that's really hard to coach that's just yeah. in somebody right that okay you know we're going to train you and help you any way we can but you literally have to want it more than the next guy right to make it happen yes that's so important and all these adjectives are really underappreciated you know grit tenacity persistence all these things are really yeah. really a lot more important than a lot of people think oh yeah well you what happens often and and people come into my line of work like we'll have these young folks come in and they'll, they're really smart. Like that's the one thing that almost all of them are really intelligent and people think that's going to get them where they like being smart's helpful. It's really not that big a deal. Like if you're going to pass certain tests that we have to take, you're smart. Like you're, you're qualified as being smart, probably well above average to be able to pass some of these tests. So people come into the business thinking I'm, I'm smart. And I really like investments. And the funny thing is, even though investments are what we do, the uniqueness of investments is not, it's not super unique, you know? Yeah. So, so it's pretty simple to figure out what those things are. So the process is more about all those other things. So we know how smart you are, but, but can you follow through? Because these are the, the seven things you have to do today to have a successful day. Like this is what a successful day looks like. So are you going down that far with them to say, Hey, these are, this is exactly what, what you're doing or should be doing consistently. (laughs) Yeah. We, I mean, we, if we need to, yeah. I mean, we, um, every, everybody's a little bit different. That Mm -hmm. makes it unique and challenging too. Sure. Some, you know, when you look at the life of a sale from the first call till it closes, there's these different stages that it goes through and, you know, we'll have someone that'll get stuck in, the fourth step and some that'll get stuck in the second one. So everybody needs a little bit different attention and on how to get things done. You know, we'll have someone that can make 50 appointments, right. But they'll close two. So we know where we need to work. Right. You know, and we'll have somebody that'll close two out of three. So we know where we need to work. He needs to try to get more appointments and here's right. how we can help you do that. Yeah. So, and I would guess the timeline from setting the first appointment, if that's the first step, even, or doing the research to set the first appointment to actually closing. I mean, that's got to be, that could be a long, it can be, that could it, be a long drawn out process anyways. If, if, right? the, if the prospect doesn't have a known issue that they know they have, yeah, it takes longer. So by the time we, you know, do the research to set the appointment, um, meet with them, 
go through our night vision process. Um, our true night vision process, we're actually interviewing the CFO, the safety manager, the warehouse manager, and mm. then we're coming up with an executive summary to take back to the owner or leadership team so they understand what's going on in their business from, you know, it's kind of like undercover boss. Yeah. And that way they're going to find <laughs> out things that they might not have known before mm -hmm. because they'll tell us, okay? And so that can take a long time. You know, I would think. Certainly. Just you know, coordinating four, those six people. Months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, uh, but on the conversely, if we have someone that, that has a big problem right now and we got referred in there by one of our COIs, attorney, bank, or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, those tend to move a lot quicker. Yeah. So, and those sure. are the ones that everybody likes, but that's not always the way. You kind of got to live in both worlds. Sometimes happen. it happens fast, sometimes not. Yeah. So, so do you... Do you think, so we, we kind of talked about like the brains thing is important, but the grit thing is more important. Like you have a feel or a vibe on how important attitude is? Oh yeah, because you know, the attitude is kind of the, the big thing. Yeah. You've got to, you, you can't have, you know, I, we talk about, um, it's called your adversity quotient. So there's this test you can take. Mm -hmm. It's really neat. And it basically tells you how, how you're going to handle adversity, mm -hmm. you know, and if you can score high on that, you probably have a good attitude, mm. you know, your grit factor. There's a test for that too, which is really wow. fascinating. If you have a high grit factor score, you probably are going to have a good attitude because you, you have to. Yeah. So, um, you know, we look at all that stuff and, and the, how well you handle adversity, you know, we'll have someone happens to everybody lose a deal and just the craziest way manageable oh. never thought it could happen and it does it happens and i'll tell them congratulations you just lost one like that you had to go through that yes you had to mm -hmm. and now it's over so you're you're better off now than you were before it happened you got it over with it took me uh, it took me five years to lose a deal like that it only took you six months congratulations you know? yeah so that kind of which, stuff which they're probably looking at you like what <laughs> you yeah, know? but I get it. Like I've had, I've had that. Like yeah. we've, everybody that's been in sales for a while has had that. They've been kicked in the gut a couple of times. It's yeah. like, how in the world did that go sideways? Yeah. Like that was like, that was a layup. Yeah, like exactly. It was done. Like I, I, yeah, absolutely. And the that's, good ones have a short term memory. They'll get it out of yeah. their head. They'll learn from it and move on quickly. They're like the relief pitchers. Exactly. You just got to get back up, go next night. You got to start throwing some pitches and get ready to go back in. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that attitude certainly very important. Yeah. The other thing the, on the opposite end of that, and I'd like you to speak to it, but when things go well, <clears throat> so I was, was just talking a couple days ago about one of my friends or, you know, somebody that I observed in the business and things started to go rather well and they took their foot off the gas like that, like coming back to that, like that's the opposite, kind of the opposite problem. Right. But every bit as big of a problem it is because you get a couple wins and you think you're bulletproof yeah we're, we're going through that right now and we're mm -hmm. we're talking about that right now we just had the best year we've ever had as an agency during COVID. insurance group's been around since 1859 best year we've ever had during the global pandemic when for three wow. months we couldn't go anywhere you couldn't see anybody and it was the best year we ever had and That's and we, we talked about it and we talked about well why do we think that happened well, because our backs were against the wall. Yeah. And if you, you know, how you respond is so important. So I like what we have in the room because we all responded mm -hmm. the right way. So having said that, 
what kind of pressure do we have this year? We're not in a global pandemic anymore. Certainly winding down. Right. We can go see people again. How are we going to respond? Yeah. You know, we, you have to, you have to come back even harder, um, and kind of double down on what you did right and do it and do it better and do it more of it, mm-hmm. you know, in the next year. So we're trying to hedge that. Did you guys did obviously that three month, if you like, whatever, that period of time was where everybody was kind of locked down, right? Obviously that changed business a great deal. But when things started to get back to moving, like, did you guys, are you doing things very differently today than you were a year ago? Without question. And it's, and it's been a blessing really because, you know, we've, we've been able to, We've been trying to expand our territory. Mm-hmm. You know, we consider ourselves, we'll write anything in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got clients in Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, all that. But trying to expand those areas is so much easier now because everybody expects that that first meeting is going to be on Microsoft Teams or Zoom. Yeah. So I don't have to drive to Cincinnati right. to do that introduction meeting just to find out if this is even going to be a fit in any way. We can do that over the, a Zoom and the prospect expects that now. Whereas mm-hmm. before, trying to get someone to do a Zoom, well, you don't want to come down and see me. Right. Well, I do, but we might not be a good fit for each other. And I'd kind of like to find that out now yeah. instead of spending a whole day doing it. So that's been great uh, for us. And, and all of our team has embraced it. And we haven't stopped doing that. You know, we've made it a point. Okay, we got an appointment in, you know, Warsaw, Indiana, for example, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, that's a two hour and 10 minute drive. Let's set up a Microsoft teams. Let's meet their team and kind of go through our normal process. We would on a first appointment. And then if it's good, we'll keep going and then we'll go out and see them for the second meeting. And it is interesting. Gonna, yeah. Like that's, that is a, a very good efficiency that's been created. Yeah. And you, you have every expectation that you're going to try to continue to do that forever. I suppose. Yeah, right. If sure. you can. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense. I think the other thing which we we're noticing because we have a lot of people back in the office uh, or clients. So when we reach back out, Hey, we're, you know, last year's review was zoom or over the phone or whatever we used to have last, last year's review. Um, those reviews were so efficient and quick. And so some of our people are saying, Hey, I'd like to come back in the office interesting the average office visit approaches an hour yeah the average zoom call is never more than 30 minutes so for somebody to be able to do that from their home with that kind of efficiency not have to leave their living room like they don't have to drive to perrysburg our office is easy to find it's easy you know if somebody's saying hey i'm going to costco anyways which is pretty typical (laughs) like okay we're going to costco we're going to stop and see dan that type of a thing but when it comes to businesses they're really trying to get more efficient and and heck we're not we haven't always been working from our office you know they're not yeah like a lot of them aren't they're you know you end up on a zoom meeting and they're in their you know, not wearing their pajamas necessarily, but they're in their living room. The dogs, you can see the dog uh-huh. running around and doing yeah. all that. Yeah. We're so. about, we're about half and half right now with, mm-hmm. uh, we have some folks that are still working from home. Some come in the office. I lasted about three weeks and then I had to start coming back in the office yeah. and my, my poor wife, everybody was in school. You know, my little girls were in school. My daughter was in college. My wife's back in school. So everybody was in school Yeah, and, um, I just ran back to the office. So yeah. 
It's yeah. a safe place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, we were considered essential, right? So, so, yeah. so I was in the office. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were, I took some days where I wasn't, but there were, for the most part, we were there consistent, steady Eddie type yeah. of a thing. So I think that, yeah, the COVID thing also, like we learned a lot of technology that we, we have had for a long time that we weren't using. And I wouldn't, I'm an old school guy. I definitely wouldn't have used it. Yeah. If it wasn't forced oh, upon me. Oh, no doubt about it. You know, the, the, the docu-signs and some yeah. of those things, that the efficiency at which we're at now is... Um, yeah, we've got a couple things that, that birthed out of that. The docu-sign was one of them. That's been great. Yeah. And again, it's not... I mean, we could have always done this, but the acceptance from the customer and our clients to do that now, because they before were like, I don't know, what is this? Right. Can we just sign something? I'll sign it. Now they understand what it is. And... um Another uh, technology is, you know, on certain accounts, they have to fill out long supplemental applications at every renewal. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have this way to send it to them where it's like they can click a box and, and then we'll send another PDF of what they filled in last year. It just makes it a lot more easier for them to get that done because uh, no one wants to fill out a four-page supplemental, but we got to have it. Yeah. So um, that's been great. So. so I think we, you know, I think we're all, I definitely think, even though obviously we, the whole pandemic was was just terrible like people were affected in many ways and and, but I think there's a big group of us that are coming out of it in a better place you know I mean way more efficient way more and I like maybe we'll appreciate some of the in-person things a little bit more because you know I was doing the I started doing this podcast thing and we weren't able to do it in person we had all the equipment (laughs) and it was just like sitting there on the shelf. We were having to do it via zoom. So it's nice to be able to be in the same room and be able to do that stuff again. It's it's, for sure. I really enjoy the, like being with people again. It's kind of something that, that I've missed, you know? So that's, that's really good. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. So you've become a partner recently. Yes. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Right. Very exciting. So, so like that just happened, right? Just happened twelve thirty one. Yeah. And that's why I mean not why, but that was one of the reasons why you, you came tonight is you wanted to be in a position like that, right? Yep. Yep. And it was it was great because they they told me that opportunity was there for the taking and that's all I really needed to hear to just go get it and, and grow my book to a certain amount. And um and get that opportunity. So, uh, yeah, there's six owners of Knight Insurance Group mm-hmm. now. Ken Knight, Diane um, Hip, Sam Hammonds, John Gage, myself, and Allison Hammonds. Awesome. So, um, and we're going to perpetuate internally. So we've seen a lot of unrest, private equity firms coming in and buying insurance agencies. Yeah. Um, you know, the multiples are huge. There's a lot of temptation to sell like that. And, you know, Ken, this has been a family-owned agency for a long time, mm-hmm. and he was determined to keep it that way. And that's another reason why I was drawn here, because of his commitment to that. Yeah. And that's something I can get behind for sure. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're we're exploring an ESOP that I'm sure we're going to move to in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just felt like that's the best way to perpetuate it internally for generations to come. Right. Um, it keeps everybody in a growth mindset. And, um, and that's what we want to do. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great story because it's so much easier to do it the other way, Yeah, you know, to say, Hey, we've built this thing up. Now we're going to sell it to this bank and the bank, you know, gets all the stuff 
and they get the people kind of, but they don't necessarily, the bank changes the way they're going to do things. Like they just like, now this is a priority and that becomes a, a priority and well, correct. there's and then, an evolution. Right? Yeah. And then the, not a good the, one. The, no, not a good one. The private equity, you know, the big firms that come in and they're paying so much overpaying so much for an insurance agency. Yeah. The only way to get their investment back is to gut the place in half. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen that happen locally a couple times. Sure. And actually benefited in a lot of ways from that happening. But we don't want it to happen to us right. or our people. And um, so it, it's an exciting time at Night Insurance Group. We had the best year we've ever had. Uh, we grew organically 15% last year, which that's is our goal. Awesome. I mean, that's it's kind of crazy to think that you grew by that much in a year where really you were sidelined for a third to half the year. Correct. And it, and it really boils unreal. down to, so we know we need to grow at this clip to perpetuate internally. We need to be doing that or some number near that every year. And so- what are you going to do? Sit on your hands during that global pandemic, which would have been the easiest thing to do. And lots Just of people did it. Oh, by the way, be like I need to keep what I have and I'm not going to do anything. And yeah. what we learned was there's a lot of things that, that our prospects needed to hear things that they could do, Yeah, you know, during this pandemic and no one was talking about it. <laughs> So we picked up a lot of business that way just because we were actively talking to prospects about how they can get through this the, the best way possible. Yeah. Well, I bet, I, well, I'm certain that the competition way thinner Yeah. last year. I mean, yeah. I just think that's one of the big differentiators. You've got all these people that used that shutdown as an excuse to shut down. Yeah. And, and you know, you've been in business for a long time. Like the hardest part of business is getting the momentum. Yeah. Like once you have the momentum, please never give it up. Like double down, work harder. When things get easy, that doesn't mean it's time to take a break. It means, Hey, things are getting easy. Let's keep this, this easy rolling. But imagine that you were just sitting, you know, you got your PPP money and you said, Hey, I'm going to, Every, everybody's taking a break right now. First of all, everybody was never taking a break. Yeah. Second of all, that means everything stops. So the, the, the hopper, the sales funnel, whatever you use, like all those lists and all those things, those people are sitting there, but that doesn't mean they're not being called by somebody. Correct. They're being called by you. Yeah. <laughs> like in yeah. this case, they were being called by you. No, so, it's a momentum real thing. It's real. Doubt it. People that wouldn't even maybe understand it could go watch a basketball game NCAA basketball game this March and feel it. Wow, this team now has momentum. It's right. The business is the same way. Exactly the same so, way. Yeah, it's a can't great, really explain it, but it's there. Right, and you need to and you can feel it. it as long as it's there. And the other thing is, and this is how you know because all of us had at least a little bit of a shutdown, at least a little. Yeah. Right, like we just couldn't see people. We were talking to them, but that was about it. Um, but everybody's going to have those really hard days too. Like the hard days, sometimes hard weeks, sometimes hard months. And, and I've been doing this stuff since, I mean, for over 20 years now. And so I, it, it gets familiar. Like there's this familiar pressure, like it, it's uncomfortable. Things aren't going easy. Things aren't going well, but you know, like, Hey, 
I know this feeling and I know what comes after exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> like, You're not scared by it anymore. It's just part of it. Right. It's yeah. part of the process. Yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoy that. And that's the part where you, as kind of the mentor, now you, instead of being the protege, now you get to be the mentor and kind of walk those young folks through that process. Hey, don't be scared. I've got the flashlight. Like, this yeah. is, we're going through the jungle, but I've got a yeah, light exactly. here. Just You're follow me. You're going to quit six times in the next four years. So don't <laughs> right. do it. Get yeah. through it every time, every time. Right. There's, there's, you're right. There's light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Yeah. And it's a great career, right? Like the yeah. sales careers, if you can stick it through that three, five year process, like on the other end, it's, there's so much, it's the relationships are great. Um, the, the money that you make is oftentimes great. It, it's a very intricate part of the process. Like it, without that, the salesperson, none of that happens. And it also, if you're good at it, it gives you a lot of flexibility. Oh yeah. You have a family, you can go do family stuff. Yep. You know, that there's a lot of fun that can be had by that. No doubt about it. So yeah, it's similar to the, I think the sport I played in college track and field, there's a, there, or maybe like wrestling would be another good example. There's an individual component and there's that team component. Yeah. And I still get to live that today. So I'm very excited that I fell into this business by accident. Yeah. It was probably meant to be. Yeah. So I enjoy it very much. Yeah. The team thing is a big deal. Yeah. Like I'm a big team guy. Like we, we kind of sell in teams yeah. now as a whole and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun than doing it by yourself. I mean, oh, being yeah. successful by yourself is, is meaningful, but it's not, it's not um, as big a deal, but I, I really like that you're not just on a team, but you're actually bringing young folks along with you. Yeah. And I think that's the most meaningful thing is giving some of that back. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, somebody did it for you. Now you're doing it for somebody else. I mean, that's, that's where it's at. I think that's the great stuff. Yeah. And I think, and once they understand too, Hey, you're, we all, we all lift each other. I, yeah. You've been here a month, but it, you just set six appointments and I was encouraged by that. So you, you raised my game, even though you're brand new, you don't know anything yet, Yeah, but you did something that, that no one else did today. You, you set six appointments, congratulations, yeah. you know, and it just, it's really fun. So that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, is there anything before we go that you would say, because you are talking to a lot of your young people all the time, if there's anybody out there that's in sales and kind of feeling like they're up against it or a little bit depressed or a little bit downtrodden, is there anything you could say, hey, like keep the faith here, here's a little nugget for you. You got any of that? Oh, I would say that when you feel that way and your back is against the wall, that's when you're the most alive if you respond correctly. Yeah. And know that the other side of that mountain is, is going to be amazing and you just got to climb it. Yeah. And there's no circumventing the process. You can't take a helicopter to the top. You got to climb it and it's beautiful <laughs> it's when you get there. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the other thing I, you actually sparked something in my mind when you've gotten to that top. I mean, I don't know if there ever really is a top, there's kind of plateaus and then you yeah. look back and uh-huh. I think those days that were hard are my favorite days to reflect on. Oh yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's any question for me, like, I wouldn't want to have done it a different way. Correct. Like, my dad was a welder. I came into this field completely, not really even knowing people with money, right? And dealing with money on a daily basis. But the, what I find most pleasurable now was I take great pride in the process of every client, which we service now over a thousand households. And we've, every one of those is unique and every one is important. And it's a lot of fun to think, you know, man, that was, some of those things were really hard, but we got through it and here we are. Oh yeah. I can look back and some of the funnest days were 
when my book was almost nothing. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I miss those days. Sure. You know, because, you know, you're on this journey and it's an absolute blast. Yeah. So it's fun. Absolutely. Good. good. Anything else we should talk about before we leave? Um, no, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So this is really cool. Yeah. And, um, it's good. I've, um, got to know you over the years and played a few rounds of golf together. Yeah. We're both really good golfers. Oh, just unbelievable. Exceptional. Way so, above average. I didn't know though that you were in jujitsu, right? Yeah, I do. And I've been doing could, martial arts for a long you could time. Hurt me in a number of ways. Well, despite the fact that I'm twice your size. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I don't think that you probably don't get messed with too often. No, and I'm not no. going to start now. Right. So absolutely. Well, cheers. Thanks, Dan. It's good to good to talk to you. Really enjoyed it, and we'll talk again soon. I'm sure. Thanks, absolutely. Guys. Thank you. Was that 50 minutes? That was. That it was, was flew by. probably 40, 45. Nice. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it goes pretty fast, right? Thanks for watching.